Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We have a guest speaker with us, and we hope that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Listen, uh, we have a guest speaker with us uh, this morning. As you're aware, I want to say to, in the spirit of the church service today, we would ask uh, you to uh, refrain from any autographs or personal pictures uh, with Daryl. First of all, we want to welcome uh, his manager that's with us, John Lupo from from Bronx, New York. John, good to have you. He lives in Naples and drove up, uh, drove up yesterday to uh, to be part of this service today. Also, if you would like to give, uh, you there's a drop down. You can write a check and just put guest speaker Daryl Strawberry. Put it in the, uh, the drop box or on our app. You can just put it on under guest services. We would appreciate that. Now, Daryl and I, we come from different parts of the world, but we have a lot in common. We're both former athletes. Okay, uh, former baseball players. Uh, both of us have made significant contributions to the game, you know, in our own different ways. Uh, Daryl chose Major League Baseball. I chose the ministry, okay? And where would I have been this morning if I hadn't made that choice? I could have been your guest speaker this morning. So, uh, uh, but Daryl, uh, as you know, uh, he went the route of uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, he was the 1983 National League Rookie of the Year. He went to the World Series four times with the Mets and the New York Yankees. Uh, he's an eight-time National League All-Star. He was the National League home run leader in 1988. He had 10 seasons that he hit over 20 home runs. He had three seasons that he hit over 30 home runs. He had three seasons uh, with 100 RBIs or more. Now, the thing about Daryl, a lot of you, you know, recognize his story, but what you hear today is the, you know, you don't always hear this message in American culture that fame, wealth, and accomplishment always makes you happy. Okay, we know we know that when you have fame, wealth, and accomplishment, it doesn't satisfy the need of every heart. And you're going to hear this, the other story, maybe that you haven't heard a lot about Daryl. Other things that I want you to know as well, and he'll tell his full story this morning. He's a two-time cancer survivor. Uh, He and his wife, Tracy, they have a ministry that they share God's love and encouragement. You can look at that on uh, strawberryministries.org. But we are happy to have uh, Daryl and his son with us this morning. And would you make welcome to Generations Church, our guest speaker this morning, Daryl Strawberry. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate you. Glory to God. Good morning, Generations Church. Praise God for you. Thanks for being here this morning. Thank you, Pastor, for having me here, Pastor Brian and your team and staff and all of you that are here today. God is more than able. I was thinking about Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask to think according to his power that works in us. He is more than able. You don't need anybody else. The only person you need is Jesus. By the time I'm through here, this hopefully this 
whole house will be on fire and you'll know that Jesus is Lord. You don't need to know anything else. I'm not Lord. Nobody else is Lord. It's Palm Sunday, you know. We know next Sunday, Good Friday, and we know what happened early Sunday morning. We know that he got up from the tomb and he got up with all power in his hand. Not some power. So let us pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. Father, we glorify the goodness of you. Father, thank you for your grace, your mercy, your kindness. Thank you for your patience, Father. Thank you because you are good. Must we always remember how good you really are. Father, we don't deserve anything, but you give it to us anyway. And we give you honor and glory. And we send this petition up to you, Father, and we ask that you will seal it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, glory to God. I can stand here and tell you I wasn't always like this. Oh, some of y'all missed it. <laughs> See, we, what we have to understand is we, we are just people. All of us. We are all the same. We will all fall short. And we all will have a testimony after we pass the test. See, I say I wasn't always like this. You know, I was a womanizer, alcoholic, drug addict, sinner, rich, famous, privileged, lived behind community gates, but I was saved by grace. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God that saved me. And why I say that, I'm going to give you some of my story, you know, because the fact is I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. My dad was a raging alcoholic. He came home for the last time when I was about 14 years old, pulled out a shotgun and said he was going to kill the whole family. Had it not been for my little sweet mother getting me and my brothers out of the house, we would have killed him. See, I was already broken before I ever put the uniform on. I was already wounded before I ever put the uniform on. The uniform just covered up the wounds. But it doesn't make you well. You know, had it not been for my mother, I wouldn't be standing here today. As I always say, had it not been for two women in my life, I wouldn't be standing here today. My mother and my wife. My mother was praying for me while she was dying at the age of 55. So for some of you mothers in here still praying, keep praying. See, because my mother prayer came to pass, what she was praying about. She wasn't praying about my success. She wasn't praying about my trophies. She wasn't praying about me living behind community gates. She was praying that God would save me. That's what she was praying for. She died at the age of 55, terminal breast cancer. My sister finds a journal under her bed. She's praying. God saved him. She gets to all of us, save our kids. Save her kids. She got five of us. And she gets to me and she prays to God that God would knock me off my throne and save me. I can't wait to give her the biggest hug. Because it came to pass. God will answer her prayers. You know God answered the prayers of righteous, right? He does answer the prayers, you know. But you know what? God answered the prayers on his time, not our time. See, we want it on our time. A lot of times we want things to work out the way we want them to work out. See, I wanted it to work out the way I wanted it to work out. For as my father, you know, a man that I hated and didn't enjoy him in my life at all, and he never got to meet his grandkids and never got to experience my success. He was broken. 
He come from a broken, dysfunctional home. His dad was a raging alcoholic. I didn't know all that until later. But God changes me and saves me. Then I'm going to do a men's conference on the Saturday morning, and he told me, my father was down in the hospital in San Diego, and he told me to go down to my father and repent to him. Me to repent to him for keeping him out of my life and my career. God says, how dare you not extend the grace to him, and I extended it to you. I told my wife, I said, the Lord is all over me Friday night. She said, well, you need to go do what exactly what he said. So I go down to see my father in the hospital, and I look him in the face, and I says, the Lord says, don't, don't say anything about what he did. And he goes to me, he says, now, when you get there, repent and ask him to forgive you for keeping him, you keeping him out of your life. So I go there and look him in the face. I say, you know the Lord has changed me. Will you forgive me for keeping you out of my life and career and not knowing your grandkids? He shook his head and a tear came out of his eye and I lost it. I lost it. I laid there in his lap and just cried so hard. Then God said, raise up. He says, now lead him in the center prayer. I lead him in the center prayer and I lead him to the Lord and he passes away six months later. See, what God was teaching me in that the forgiveness was not for my father, the forgiveness was for me. We never had a relationship, but I did my part. See, so many of us in this country, we hold somebody else hostage over there, what has happened, and we can't get free ourselves. It's about getting the victory, and the only victory that you can get comes through Christ. It does not come through anything else. He's more than enough. More than enough, more than you can ever imagine, more than anything you will ever achieve. See, God wasn't concerned about me achieving all these earthly success. That wasn't important to God. What was important to God was for me to repent and ask God to forgive me. See, a man can never get to God if he does not repent. Why? Because you know why men don't get there? Because of their ego. Oh, my. Three-letter word, ego. Easing God out. See, ease right God right out of the picture, then he could never get to his destiny where God has for us. See, my destiny was not baseball. That was just part of my life. My destiny was being in a pulpit. God would find me in a pit and put me in a pulpit. Called me to preach 16 years ago. I said, well, you, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> he goes, no, I got the right guy. See, because what you have to understand about God, God is not looking for anyone perfect because there's only one perfect one is Jesus. He's looking for people that's available, who allow themselves to be available to come to him so they can do his work, so they can fulfill the promises over their life. The promises over my life were far greater than baseball. People were concerned about the Hall of Fame, but God was concerned about the Hall of Faith. See, God is not concerned about all these earthly things that we achieve and we think we have it all together. And you look at celebrities and they have it all together because they have a bunch of stuff. But at the end of the day, people forget to tell them where they are going. Nobody ever wants to tell them because people don't want to, they don't want to say what they need to be said. See, as Christians, we got to say what we need to say. We got to be bold about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We got to preach the gospel. We got to show that God loves us no matter what we go through. And at the end of the day, He's got a perfect plan 
for you and me. He's never lost a battle, and he's never made a mistake. So he knows what he's doing. It depends on the person when you finally decide to make that commitment with Christ. Am I in the right place? Don't you just love church? There's nothing like church, right? So you know, somebody, somebody else be telling other people there's a lot of things that's good, and there's a lot of things that's good, but you better taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, I tell folks all the time, stop eating that Burger King, start eating this steak. Because <laughs> if you start eating that steak, you'll get the revelation. See, this book has been here forever. It's the blueprint of who we're supposed to become. But I have to read it so God can reveal it to me. How do I get to Jesus? People always say, well, how did you get to Jesus? How did you find Jesus? Jesus has never been lost. It is us that are lost. It is us that separated from God because of our sinful lifestyle. See, I talk about sin because it was my sin that kept me separated from God. I could never get to God because of my sinful lifestyle. It's not until I dropped my sinful lifestyle off. People say, well, aren't you still a sinner? Yeah, I'm a sinner, but I just don't practice anymore. <laughs> it's a big difference in living a worldly life and living a holy life. It's a big difference. And you can live a holy life. I just remember I used to think about seeing pastors preach and talk about living this holy and acceptable life into God. I was like, well, how can anybody live like that? Because we didn't know anything else. I, mean, I grew up in a dysfunctional, broken situation, so I was already broken. So what, what, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to fix myself. I'm drowning myself with everything else. I'm filling myself with money. Home, success, drugs, women, everything. Trying to fulfill that empty void that's on the inside of us. That empty void is on the inside of every last one of us until we allow God to fill that empty void. And my message today is really clear. It's about when things happen, when things truly do happen, who do you trust? See, that's where I had to get to when things were really happening in my life. Who did I trust? Had it not been for my wife, Tracy, pulling me out of dope houses over 23 years ago, I was shooting dope, smoking crack, South Florida. She was banging on doors, pulling me out of dope houses, saying, God's got a plan for your life. I says, why don't you and that God just leave me here and just let me die? She goes, you're just not that lucky. Why am I telling you that? Because God is never going to do anything different. He's going to do all what he's always done. He's going to use people to help people. His journey here is about people. He's crazy about people. He always have been and always will be. He's not crazy about anything else. He's not crazy about success. He's not crazy about how we achieve all these earthly things. That doesn't concern God. What concerns God is all going to be well in your soul. Because he do know one thing, that you're going to leave here. I had to bury my mom at the age of 55 from terminal breast cancer. I buried my sister Regina at the age of 51 from cancer. I've had cancer twice and lost my left kidney in my second surgery. I ended up in a Florida State prison with a T17169. See, God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. 
God will be doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. His picture of you is far bigger than you can ever imagine or think. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, not you, but to him he's able to do exceedingly the more than you can ask or think. You think about that. When things happen in your life, who are you trusting? That's the question today for a, a nation. It's who are we trusting when things happen? Because things are going to happen. You're going to have some problems. You're going to have some financial, financial problems. You're going to have some sickness. You're going to have some storm. You're going to have some marriage problems. You're going to have some kids problems. I know what my mother was saying. Wait till you have your own kids. <laughs> Job loss. Who are you trusting when things truly do happen? Because they will happen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 talks about it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct what? Your path. See, that's what I love about God. His plan is incredible. Little did I know that he would download inside of me through the power of the Holy Spirit when he called me 16 years ago closed my business and everything else out of New York City. And he says, you're going to preach. I goes, I don't want to preach. He goes, you're going to preach. We battled that night. I battled with him because I knew it was nobody else. It was God himself. He said, the Holy Spirit is going to send up on you. He's going to teach you the Bible supernaturally, and you're going to preach the gospel. He said, you're going to be preaching in stadiums and arenas in front of thousands. See, the thing I love about God, he does not lie. But it comes down to us of saying yes, making that commitment to him. See, I didn't want to be like another athlete and talk about Jesus but not live for him. Just say his name. I want to thank God on television. I was that same way, straddle on the fence, hypocrite. I was denying his power of who Jesus is. Jesus is. I knew his name, but I'm denying his power. See, because when I come in, when you come all the way in, you get to experience his power. You get to experience the death of Christ. And he comes in and he lives inside of you. When you surrender yourself, you no longer have worldly desires. Now you have empowered yourself with the biblical principles and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now you know how to live according to God's will. Because I do know one thing. God doesn't need me. He doesn't need you but he will use you for his plan. His plan is far greater than you can ever imagine is to win others to Christ. If you come in here today with a heavy heart, I know God's got a plan for you. It's not over, he's not done. He's more than able to do what he needs to do in your life. His goodness and his grace is there for you every day, but you have to be in a partnership with him. I want to tell you this, this is how it worked. You know, this is how I got here to preaching the gospel. I had to partner up with God. I couldn't no longer be on the outside. I couldn't no longer be talking about Jesus, and then I'm in a club doing an electric slide. And got a drink in my hand talking about Jesus. What Jesus are you serving? That's not the Jesus that we're talking about. 
You know, the songs they worship about Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. By his stripes, by his stripes, you get to be healed. You get to live an abundant life that he talks about. But I got to walk in obedience into who he is in my life. I must understand when things do happen, who am I trusting? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not some of it. See, we like to give God a little bit and a piece. See, it wasn't until I, I didn't get like this until I gave God everything. Until I laid on my face at the cross, at the foot of the cross. You know the symbol of the cross is Jesus hanging on the cross and you know Good Friday's coming, and he hung on that cross, and the scribes and Pharisees are there, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? But his last words on that cross were so profound, he said, it is finished. Everything that kills us, Jesus killed it. He went to the tomb early Sunday morning. He got up, all power in his hands. He's resurrected. So that means Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. Christ. We act like he doesn't exist in this nation. You know the problem in this nation? You know what the problem is? It's not a black, white, Spanish thing, Asian thing. It's a sin problem. That's the major problem that's keeping us all separated from God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See. What God will put down inside of you, no man can put in you. No man can take it from you. Because you know why? It does not come from here. It comes from the kingdom of God. When you understand God let all broken me, I was like, God, you sure? And he started letting me hear from the kingdom. But you know what? I had to separate myself. I had to separate myself from the worldly things I was doing. I had to run away from all that stuff. See, it's a lonely life when you start walking with God. Do you know folks are going to pers persecute you, right? I'm glad they do. You know, I remember when I said I was going to start preaching and following Jesus, and I remember all the players that were playing baseball with in sports, they was like, oh, yeah, well, let's see how long this will last. Well, it's been 20 years, and they're still waiting for me to come back. <laughs> but one thing I do know they don't understand, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things, not some things, all things come new with God. When you make yourself available for him, the problem is we don't make ourselves available. See, I don't have a lot of friends now. It's just me and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm so happy. All the rest of them are talking. They're still waiting for me to come back. There's nothing back there. They're talking about the baseball and the uniform and the success and the trophies. I'm talking about the kingdom. If that's not Jesus, turn that phone off. <laughs> We're, they're talking about stuff. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will 
be added into you. He's talking about, I want to add all these things into you. I want to add this great wisdom, this knowledge, this power, this peace, this joy, this freedom. He gives it all to you. Ever since I've been walking with Jesus, I don't have nothing to complain about. Are there going to be some trials and tribulations? Yes. But guess what? I'm walking with the Messiah. So why am I worried? What am I worried about? This is not home. I remember when God called me. He said, you need to know, understand, this is not home. This is just a pastor here. He said, the bank account's not yours. The car's not yours. The house's not yours. He said, I'm just loaning to you. <laughs> so why am I worried for? It's just all stuff. But I do know one thing. I do know absence from the body will be presence with the Lord. I do know we're going home one day. You know, those that understand what a thriving church is and, and, and mission work and, and loving others and helping others and, and, and doing God's work. That's what he's called us for. Too many of us are sitting. Too many of us are still doing this. Sitting and wondering. Where is God? Well, I can tell you one thing. If you get into action, you will know where God is. If you can get over yourself and get into action and start doing kingdom work, you'll know how good God is. You'll start understanding that when things do happen, I need to learn how to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Not some ways, but all your ways. Storms. Because the storms are real. Either you're in a storm, coming out of a storm, or storms on the way. As long as you don't drown in the storm, you're going to be all right. See, that's what I love about Jesus. You know, you could be out in the middle of the ocean and, you know, the storm. If you go under and drown, you're done. But if you don't go under you stay above, you're going to go through the storm. Whatever the storm may be, financial, whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah, when I started, <laughs> hallelujah, when I started this journey with God, a little something 23 years ago, with me and my wife Tracy, I had nothing. I was $3 million in debt, didn't have a driver's license. I said, God's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> and he does. Because he wasn't concerned about what he was going to get to me. He was worried about what he can get through me. See, if you can understand that God worried about what he can get through you, he can always get something to you, you know, because he can always give you favor in the land. Don't you know his favor is not like anybody else's favor? But obedience, a call obedience, we must obey. We must obey the will of God. We must obey the call of God. We must not talk about God and not live for him. We need to have to live for him in front of people so they can know that we walk with Jesus no matter what. No matter what the struggle is, no matter what the issue is, we still walk with Jesus because we know that all things work together for the good. Not some things. He didn't say some things. He said all things will work together for the good. Did I know God had this plan for me? I would have picked the Bible a long time ago. But it happens in the time that it's supposed to happen in life, in everybody's life. But you got to be persistent and you got to be
committed to God. If you really want to experience the fullness of who Jesus is. Because there's something greater there when it's not about you. When it's about others, when it's about the kingdom, it's not about my problems, it's about his will and his work. His work is great, and there's a lot of work to be done. But I need to understand who he is first. John 3.30 talks about he must increase, but I must decrease. See, if I, when God called me 16 years ago to preach, if I didn't listen to him and believe him, I would have never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit giving me the revelation of the Bible. Holy Spirit taught me the Bible like that, supernatural. But I partnered with the Holy Spirit in a relationship with the Holy Spirit to teach me the Bible. And I saturated myself in the Word. And I turned off the telephone and I turned off the television. Stop listening to CN, Fox, and all these others and listen to what the Word of God is talking about. Then you will be able to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. See, scriptures are so important for Christians, and Christians don't even know the power that's in the scriptures. You know, when I started studying, and God called me 16 years ago, he goes, I want you to study what evangelist is, because I'm an evangelist. He says, I want you to study what Billy Graham is. I started studying everything about Billy Graham, and Billy Graham was talking about, through his books, how Christians don't understand Scripture, so that's why they're not living a victorious life. Ever since I started understanding Scriptures, I live a victorious life. Where are the Scriptures? The Scriptures are in the Bible, but you know what? I retained them inside, not my head, because my head was a knucklehead. <laughs> I retained the Scriptures down in my belly because I asked the Holy Spirit to retain them for me, and he keeps them down in my belly. When I need them, I pull them out. That's how he works. That's how he operates. What you see is up here is just a man, this a temple. Yeah, but this, in, in this temple, the power of the Holy Spirit dwells in it, and the Holy Spirit preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's the miracle maker. And he wants to make a miracle out of your life, in your situation. Are you willing to surrender yourself? Not one day, but daily to be able to do his great will and his great plan for your life. All this was created way before us. You know, God, God had his plan laid out way before we even would start off. But once we got here, we be, and when you decide to become a part of the plan, then God will operate when you open your heart to it. You must trust and know God did not create the storms. See, the storms of life is part of the trials and tribulations that we go through. And those that endure the storms and the trials and tribulations, you go through and you get on the other side and you come out greater. See, a lot of folks don't want the storms. They just want the good part of it. See, I had the highs and the lows, and, and you know, publicly they persecuted me and talked about me and talked about I'd be dead. But you know what? God exalted me right in front of their eyes. Now they're all looking and saying, oh, look at him. He's a Jesus freak. Well, I'd rather be a Jesus freak instead of a heathen. What would you rather be, you know, if God came to you and said, I'll make a deal with you. I'll change your life if you surrender yourself. And I'll put you on a platform that no man can put you on. 
would you receive that? You have to be able to receive that. See, I had to be able to receive that when God was calling me from where he was calling me from. He wasn't calling me from my problems. He was calling me to my solution. Him. He's the solution for you. Amen? You must trust that God's plan still stands. God's plan still stands no matter where you stand at in your life. Had I looked at my life and said, Lord, you know, I'm just this mess over here. You can't use me. Then I would have been wrong. And a lot of us have been wrong. A lot of us are wrong with our own self like that. And we say, well, you can't use me. Well, let me tell you, everybody in this book, that he called, they all had issues. <laughs> Moses had a speech impediment. God used him mightily to lead the Israelites out of bondage. They could have been in the promised land in 11 days. They complained so much, God sent them in the wilderness for another 40 years. See, when you learn, when you learn who God is, then you'll learn who you are. See, cause, but you have to learn who he is to understand who you are and why we do what we do. Because they all had issues. You know, remember he um, said, David, David is a man after my own heart. He put the best man Uriah on the front line so he can have his wife Bathsheba. And God goes on to say, he's a man after my own heart. Issues. Peter denied Christ three times, asked to be crucified upside down. Jonah, God told him to go to Nineveh. He jumps on the boat to go the other way to Tarshish. They th God throws him in the belly of a fish three days and three nights. Don't you just love his plan? <laughs> he throws him in there. He tells them, to, he says, spits him out. He tells him to go to Nineveh and tell them to repent. Forty days from now, I'm going to destroy the whole city. See, God only needs one person. He's just looking for one. Jonah eventually said, yes, he went. Saves the whole city. Jonah's mad at God. Jonah's Jewish. And he's mad at God. And God told Jonah, from now on, my grace will be for all. That means the Gentiles and the Jews. His grace is for all. His grace is sufficient. It's for all. Grace, what is grace? Grace is something I don't deserve, and he gives it to me anyway. When I can understand that, then I can go on and live the abundant life that he's talking about. Because I know I don't deserve the grace, but he extends it to you anyway. And it's all because of falling short of life. I'm so glad I fell short because if, if I didn't fall short, I would be like, you know, I would have made more money playing baseball, Pastor. I would have been in the Hall of Fame. But I would have never met Jesus because I would have thought I had it all together. That's what we look at, the celebrity lifestyles, and, and woo, they got this and they got that. Well, yeah, they got a bunch of stuff, but just like King Solomon, he goes on, he writes the book of Proverbs, the wisdom and knowledge. He goes on to write the book of Ecclesiastes. He said, it's meaningless under the sun without God. This means nothing. That house, that car, I don't care. When you die, that house, that car ain't going with you. It's like, where are you going? I was once lost, but now I've been found. I was on my way to hell. 
had not God stepped in in the mist and stopped me, even in my tracks of the darkness, to bring about a transformation. Only Christ can transform your life. You can't transform your life. That job can't transform your life. That stock market can't transform your life. Only Christ can transform your life. We've been looking in all the wrong places. We've been looking at a society been telling us, this is this and this is good. Listen to the politicians. They don't even like each other and trying to tell us how to live. Better listen to the voice of God. He's speaking. He's telling you, come. Come to the symbol of the cross. Jesus saying, deny yourself and follow me. Pick up your cross. Carry your cross. Deny yourself and follow me. I am the great I am. I am he. And he's in me is everything. Not some things. Everything. Every anxiety, every fear, every doubt. I remember when I was in the midst of addiction and broken and lost and they were putting me on medication and pills and this and that and talking about you bipolar, her polar, this polar. I ain't no polar. <laughs> Not saying anything wrong with medicine, but ever since I met Jesus, I ain't bipolar, her polar, no polar. Why? Because of that blood. That blood is holy. You know what that blood does when it comes inside of you? It purifies you, liberates you, redeems you, brings you to wholeness and righteousness and right standards with God. Nothing else can bring you in right standards. You can try to, you can stay on social media and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and her talk and that talk. <laughs> you can look through all that. You'll never get the revelation until you pick up this book. Heaven and earth going to pass away, but not my word. Everything else is going to pass away, but not this word. The Bible says my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. My people perish because of lack of knowledge. See, the reason why I was perishing is because I had earthly knowledge, but I didn't have kingdom knowledge. Ever since I got kingdom knowledge, I've never been perishing. I've never worried about anything. Never worried about a meal. Never worried about the next whatever. Yeah, I had a long night last night trying to get here. Oh, what a struggle that was. Got on the plane and second flight and canceled. Now you got to sit in the airport for another five hours, six hours, till it's 10 o'clock at night. What do you do? Who do you trust? Well, I trust God for whatever reasons, in the airways, he didn't want me going. And I have to live with that. Yeah, I didn't get into like 1.30. I was tired, but I said, I don't preach, the Holy Spirit preaches. <laughs> See, I know who to rely on. See, if I relied on my natural feeling, I would be inside of my head. But see, the Holy Spirit is not natural, he's supernatural. So when you learn how to depend on him and you get out of the way, get your flesh, you know, you got to learn how to tell your flesh to shut up. Because the flesh is stupid. It will have you doing things and continue to do things and, well, this is just the way life is. No, it, no it's not. No, it is not. 
Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's the renewing. If you wash yourself with this, you'll run every devil off from your life. Every thought that tries to come against you, you'll learn how to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You have authority. See, because we have authority because of this. Not because of the body, but because of what's inside of the body. The spirit that dwells among the body has authority over everything that's around us. We control it. See, it does not control us. Yes, there are going to be some things that we have to face. There was a pandemic that we had to face. I got tired. I got so pastor. I got so tired of doing Zoom, I thought I was going to be Zoomed out. <laughs> zoom, 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 Zoom. Fear, 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 fear. But I'm not in fear. I'm in faith. We don't operate in fear. As a, as a believer, I don't operate in fear. I was once in fear when I was living from the worldly perspective because we don't know what's next to next and, you know, what's going to bring next. But I do know one thing, that everything's going to be all right if I stay connected to this here. Not my idea of what I think. This here, this here is what I know. And I know this works here because it's been working the last 16 years of my life. When you think about it, I started this journey $3 million in debt without a driver's license. I said, well, how am I going to get out of this? My wife said, you're going to take responsibility. See, guys, let me tell you something about that woman God will put in your life. God put that woman in your life to help you. You better get used to it and understand it. Because if you let her help you, your life will go this way. My life has never went down ever since I started listening to my wife. When she told me don't get in the business, I got in anyway. Guess what? I got ripped off. When I started listening to her, when she told me don't get in things, I don't get in Nothing happens. That's a helpmate. That's what they're there for. We need to learn that as guys. Oh, well, I'm, well, I'm the man. You know, I'm this and that. You know, Mr. Macho. Yeah, well, go ahead. <laughs> See what you get. Then you'll be back over in that corner thinking, man, I should have listened. All I, had, all I had to do, all I had to do was listen. But I don't want to listen because I want to do it my way. Because society tells us that's the way we're supposed to have it as a man. See, my life became better when I started listening. My life became peace when I started listening to my wife. My life became blessed because I started to listen to her. She is your helpmate that's going to help you. Get that, guys. Because I'm trying to help the men in here to understand God is calling men back to take their rightful place. Rightful place is being the head. You don't need, you don't, oh, hallelujah. You don't even have to brag about being the head. You just be the head because he'll raise you up to be that. And that's what he has done in my life. He has raised me up to be the king over my children, to bless my children. 
to be a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you know that covering, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? You're blessed. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. If you do it right, you're blessed. If you don't get consumed, don't let all these earthly things screw you up, you will be blessed. God has blessed me because I have submitted myself. I'm not consumed with worldly things. I'm not consumed with watching sports. Oh, well, I want to watch the football game because the football game is coming on Sunday. Well, guess what? I can tell you what's going to happen in a football game, basketball game, baseball game. Somebody going to win, somebody going to lose. <laughs> oh, well, I can go back and watch the replay later. But the reality is I need to be in church because if I don't be in church, I'll miss what God has for me. God has something good for you. You online, God has something good for you. If you show up to church, the anointing of God is in church. The anointing of God changes everything about your life if you're in church. I'm not here to impress anybody. Jesus is Lord over my life. He rules and reigns over my life. Church is our life. We donate, we give, we sow, we give more than 10% of what God gives to us, because the money don't belong to me. If he's going to give it to me, I'm going to give it back to him. We got to get this thing right. God is not after anybody money. I don't want to give my money to the church. You ain't giving your money to that man. You're giving your money to the kingdom. Learn what the kingdom is. The kingdom is where you sow into the kingdom and you will be multiplied and increased by blessing the kingdom of God. That is one of our favorite things. Because me and Tracy, we started with nothing. And God has blessed us and multiplied and increased us. Why? Because we give it back to the church. If your checkbook only say Nordstrom's or Macy's and shopping, you're missing it. Not that you can't do that. Don't get me wrong. But if, it's, if your checkbook is saying church, 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 my wife, she loves sewing into the church. She just love it. I was like, go ahead. I'm not getting in the way of what God tells you to do. You know, and when I do it, she's like, go ahead. Because we know the importance of what the kingdom of God is all about. It's not just the building not just coming in here. It's about we sow into people so they can hear the good news. It is the good news, the gospel, that changes people. It is not money that changes people. Money creates things for people to buy more junk. And you sit there and you look at it. I got another house, I got another car. That's why you say to myself. But what I really wanted was his power more than anything. I wouldn't trade that in for anything. I wouldn't trade God's presence, God's strength, God's peace, God's love for anything. Nothing else could make me feel that way. I tried it. I had it all. It never satisfied my soul. My soul wasn't satisfied until I fell in love with Jesus. That's where my great love came, knowing Jesus. Knowing that Jesus 
will take care of all things for you. Amen? Seven promises of God. I will be with you. I will protect you. I will be your strength. I will answer you. I will provide for you. I will give you peace. I will always love you. He will always love you. See, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Everybody else will be gone, but Jesus will be right there. Everybody will be gone. When the fame and the fortune is not there no more, everybody's gone. Even in your everyday life, if you're not famous and fortune, folks, you start talking about Jesus, folks are going to start running the other way. You know what? Let them go. Let them go because there's going to be something great that you get to experience if you do this walk with Christ the right way. You do it. See, the reason why Moses was so much loved by God, he couldn't even speak. But God loved him because of what? His humility. God's not looking for people who's rich and famous. He's looking for people who that are available. That will submit themselves to him for his will. He said it. I will be with you. I will protect you. I will answer you on my time. Not your time, but he'll answer you. If you just stay the course, he's a good God. He's a merciful God. He's a loving God. If you just stay the course. See, I didn't get like this overnight. Folks say, how do you know so much information? Well, God had to sit me for seven years to be discipled. See, a lot of us don't want to go through the process. We want the victory, but we don't want to go through the process. So I had to go through the process. I had to sit seven years. He said, sit your butt in the back of the church. Don't get on no front row. Sit in the back and get discipled. Bring your pad and your pen and take notes when you're in church. Well, how did I learn that? Because that's what my wife used to do, and I would never take one. I was like, God, why are you always speaking to her? Because he was always speaking to her. She was always happy. I'm wondering, what's wrong with me? Why are you not speaking to me? He says, because you don't spend time with me. You don't allow yourself to enter in with me. You're too busy with everything else. She rises up every morning, rolls out of bed at 5.30 in the morning to go be studied, to be with God. I was like, God, I ain't waking up at no 5.30 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) So guess what? I started spending time with God at night. She went to bed. We go to bed like 8.30. We old folks now. She goes to bed, I go in the other room, there it is, me and God. See, God can't reveal himself to you if you're not in a relationship with him. He can only reveal you about him if you're in a relationship with him. And it's the relationship that a lot of us lack because we're too busy. We're too busy. (laughs) Nothing's here. I didn't grow up with this, so it doesn't mean everything to me. But I know one thing. I grew up studying this Bible. My mother prayed for me. I can't wait to give her a hug. 
because it means everything to me. While I was sick, living a lost, broken life, she was praying. She was dying. She was laying on her face praying, God save me. And we would all be saved because I would, I would end up leading the whole family to the Lord. So I'm saying it's bigger than you. If God didn't forgive sinners, heaven would be empty. It would be empty if he didn't forgive sinners like me. I'm so glad I recognized that I was a sinner and I needed a savior. It's the best gift I ever gave to myself. That's the best gift you can ever give to yourself is recognizing that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. You know, I, I think we're in the society today, we, we make that, we deal with that kind of lightly and don't think, you know, well, that's not my job to tell people about a sinful lifestyle. Yes, it is. If I'm standing in a pulpit, I know what saved me. I know what will save you, too. That's when one gets serious about his commitment with God and his relationship and no longer want to live a life separated from God. But if you want to stay separated, the enemy will keep you separated. The enemy's busy. I always tell people, Pastor, you know, while you're sleeping, the devil's doing push-ups. Seeing who are you going to destroy? Jesus talks about it in John 10, 10. He said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. You know he's talking about the abundant life that I'm going to give you? Not stuff. He's talking about I'm going to give you peace, joy, wisdom, knowledge, power. I'm going to give you something far greater than you can ever imagine. And it has nothing to do with things. It has to do with the gifts that come out of my word. How do you get there? One word. Fat, F-A-T. I ain't talking about anybody in particular, but fat is a word. You have to be faithful, accountable, and teachable. Faithful to God, accountable, and teachable. You can't use your intellectual thoughts process with this. Now, I'm going to get down to closing, because the book of John is my favorite. Can I have somebody on the worship team come out and play softly? You guys did awesome this morning worshiping. Thank you so much. The book of John is about believing. The book of John is about Jesus. Miracles of Jesus, turning water into wine, feeding 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead, pulling Daryl Strawberry out of a pit, putting him in a poor pit. He's still doing a miracle. Do you want to be a miracle? Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, unless one is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus was kind of confused. He was a Pharisee teacher leader. He was kind of confused of what he was talking about. He's talking about the second birth. He's not talking about the first birth. We've all been born in the natural, but he's talking about the second birth. He says, if you want to be born again, he's talking about being born of his spirit. The greatest gift one can give to himself is being born of the Spirit. It's not natural, it's supernatural. John 4, I just remember when God called me 16 years ago, he says, by the way, there's no secrets in your life. He says, I need to let you know I saw everything you were doing. I was like, everything? 
He was like everything. John 4, he told that woman at the well, about her five husbands, say the one you would now is not your husband. But she was talking about this water in the well of drinking. But Jesus was telling this woman about this living water. If you drink this living water that I give you, you'll never, ever thirst again. Ever since I've been drinking this living water, I have never, ever been thirsty again. Because it's living water. John 8, don't be like the scribes and the Pharisees. They wanted to stone the woman because of the law of Moses, because she was caught in adultery. They were pointing at her. Just remember, when you point at somebody else, send three fingers are pointing right back at you. Right back at you. Jesus was stooping down, writing in the sand, and he raised up and he said, he without sin cast the first stone. From the oldest to the youngest, dropped a stone because they all had fallen short. Then he asked the woman, where are your accusers? Has anyone accused you? Accused her. She says, no. He goes, neither do I go and sin no more. What am I telling you today, church? That Jesus is a bad dude. Does not hate the sinner. He loves the sinner, but he hates the sin God. Loves the sinner. I'm standing here is a prime example that he loves the sinner. Right, everybody else was pointing. He goes, I'm going to take him, and I'm going to use him for my good. And what I put down inside of him, no man could put inside of him. Only my spirit can put inside of him the revelation of the word of God. That's what God has for everybody. It's free. It's free. It is free. It's not going to cost you. I done went to every doctor, I done had every lawyer, I done paid for everything to try to get well. Then I met Jesus and didn't have to pay anything. It was just coming to him and asking him to forgive me. And his blood comes inside of me and it sets me free forever. Whatever sickness, whatever healing, whatever healing you need, whatever anxiety, whatever depression you have, only Jesus can take that away. No man can take that away but Jesus. You can go to the doctor all day and he'll give you every pill you want to have to medicate you. That's what the country has turned into, a medicated place, medicating everybody. And Jesus is sitting here and saying, I am the way. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the gateway to everything, every hurt, habit, hang up. Jesus will heal you. Don't look to anyone else. A nation of people, we need to come back. Come back to the cross. Let God heal you. He's merciful. John 5, the pool of Bethesda. I like this because That man sat there for 38 years in a condition. You know what I love about Jesus? Oh, he's so good. What I love about Jesus is Jesus didn't ask that man about his condition. You know why? Because Jesus already knew the condition of that man. Just like every last one of you in here, he knows the condition that you sit in right now. You know what he said to that man? Do you want to be well? 
He says, sir, every time I try to get into the pool, because the first one you got into the pool would be made well, immediately like that. Jesus wasn't asking the man about his excuses. He was asking, do you want to be well? That's what God is saying. Do you want to be well? Give me your heart. I'll make you well. That's who God is. God says, just give me your heart. I'll make you well. Give me those problems that you have, that anxiety, that fear, that doubt, whatever it is, and I'll make you well. That's the call of the, for the day. Now, as you play and worship a little bit, if you want to be well, you want to accept Christ or you want to come back home, I want you to come forward because I want to pray for you. I'm leaving Tallahassee today. God's going to send me somewhere else to preach. Somebody else is going to hear the message of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're going to respond to it, and they're going to be made well. They're going to be different. It's us that respond to it. See, we're in a culture now where they talk about, well, you can't say this, you can't say that. I can say it because I don't belong to this culture. I belong to Christ. And God's calling for his people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek and turn, he talks about. He's talking about us. We're no different than the Israelites. He's talking about the Gentiles too. A whole nation has been confused because they say, well, we don't need God. God doesn't exist. Well, if you, ain't, if you didn't experience God today in my life, then you probably will never experience God. Because God found me in a pit. I didn't go to school for none of this. God found me right where I was at. You remember Saul when he was on his way to be a, a Christian killer? He was on his way to Damascus Road. God knocks him off a horse and blinds him for three days and three nights. But Saul wasn't a hero at that time. It was a man by Ananias. God used Ananias to go tell him that God has made, chosen him. And he's a chosen vessel for God. Lays hands on him, and he gets to sight, and he becomes the Apostle Paul, and he goes on to write 13 epistles. Glory to God. God is no joke. Now, if you need prayer, if that's you, come forward right here. Meet me at the cross. I want to pray for you. Right now, everybody bow their head. No looking. Someone need to let go of some things, just come. Come, just get out of your seat. Walk down here. You want to let go of some anxiety, depression, fear, loneliness, whatever it may be. Just come, come, come. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Come, 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 come. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, be glad in it. Let's have victory. Let's get victory over our life and these areas over our life where we not let the enemy hold us back anymore. Just come. Right where you at, come, come. Surrender, 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 surrender. Surrender it all to God. Just come. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. I used to worry about what other people was thinking. I almost missed it because I was worried about what other people were thinking. I needed to be free. You know you got some type of bondage in, uh, that's holding you back? You got some kind of worry that's holding you back? Come to the cross. It's victory at the cross. It's victory. This is about living right. This is about living right. Some of you here, you know you should be living right with God.
compromise your life. The Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. He cares about you. I don't care what anybody else say. God is crazy about you. Don't settle anymore before this, this day is over. Extend my hand till you come anymore. There you go. Don't be worried about what anybody else thinks. Don't worry about, about what the society thinks or anybody thinks, man. This is you and God. God is beautiful. There you go, mama. God is beautiful. God loves people. We're nothing but people. We're hurting people. But I'm here to tell you, it's Jesus. It's Jesus that's the healer. Anymore. Don't leave that marriage. Nothing on the other side. The devil's lying to you if you believe something's on the other side. It's nothing there. Stay. Fight. Pray. Seek. You that are online, get in church. Faith. This is called a faith walk. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. We're living in a society where they want everybody to be in fear. Oh, I don't want to go back to church because of COVID. COVID's been over. Pick yourself up, get in church. God's got a message for you. Anymore. There's some men in here that need to get themselves right with God. You need to come down here. Let me pray for you. Men, God's calling you back. God's calling you back. God's calling you back. Today, this is your day. Come. You know you're not right with him. So you're going to walk out of here, and the enemy's going to laugh at you. Because that's what he do. He laughs at you. Says you can never get it right because you won't get you won't answer the bell with God. Well, I'm worried about what other people think. If you want to come, raise your hand. I'll walk with you. I'll, I'll walk with you. If you want to come, I'll walk with you. Anymore, anymore, anymore. There you go. Come on, brother. I'll walk with you. Come on. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. It takes a lot. It takes a lot for a man to step up. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. Takes a lot. The devil has deceived the man in this country. I do a lot of men's conference. Men are struggling. And they wonder why they're struggling because they won't commit to God. They'll commit to everything else. They'll commit to work, commit to making more money, but I won't commit to God. You don't understand. God will give you the favor that you're looking for. You can't get it from another man, you can only get it from God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these beautiful souls that are down here today. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. See, we need to, as a country and people, we need to learn how to get back to loving each other. We've gotten away from 
what love is. It's not about a black thing, white thing, Spanish thing, Asian thing. God ain't coming back for color. He's coming back for holy people. Y'all better wake up. He's coming back for his people. That's what we all are. We're his people. We're his people. We're his people. Mm. We need to love each other. We need to care more. Give me a hug, brother. We need to care more for each other. We've gotten away from that. We're too busy with everything else but love. Give me some, sister. Uh-huh. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Any more, any more, any more before I close. Any more, any more before I close. Any more before I close. Any more. Let me give them all a hug. There you go. Any more, any more, any more. Give me a hug, brother. You came down. Give me a hug. Mm-hmm. That's it. You got it. Give me a hug, sister. God loves you. 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 There go Nalo. Come on down. God loves you. God loves you, kid. Young kid, come down. Give me a high five. See, this is what, see, see, this is what it's about. This is why we need to do this. It's because of these here. The suffering in this society and making us believe you could be anything and you could do anything. The devil's been lying and he's destroying our younger people. Why? Because the adults, we won't take our rightful place. We need to take our rightful place to protect our children. We're in the last days. We're in the evil time. Got another one. There's a dad and a son. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm closing in a minute. I'm closing in a minute. Glory to God for this family. Glory to God. Glory to God, kid. Glory to God, young man. Give me a hug. Precious. Precious. We need to be better examples. Better examples. Guys that, you, guys that are here, men that are here, you need to be a better example. You need to not be consumed with all this worldly stuff. You need to be consumed with getting our kids back to the table. And, and biblically talking about biblical principles. We need that. There's another one. Look at him. The enemy's not winning today. He's not winning. We're going to win today. Anybody else before I pray? Anybody need to slip their hand up if you don't want to come up? Just slip your hand up. I'll pray for you right now. Slip your hand up. There you go. Don't be afraid. Slip your hand up if you need a prayer. Here we go. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you. Father, you have spoken to your people. May this respond be everything to you. Not to us, but to you, Lord. They have made a commitment to come and say, Lord, here I am. You know my circumstances. You know my hurt. You know my pain. Father, may they yield themselves to the cross. May they walk out of here today and have a different feeling, a different thought about themselves, Father. Father, I pray for the fathers that are down here today and 
the kids that are down here. And I pray for every lady that's down here today, Father. And whatever they're experiencing in life, Lord, Lord, I ask that you would help them to receive your free gift. Your free gift that will comfort them, cover them. Father, you have extended your hand to us today, and we're forever grateful. We love you because of who you are. May we give you honor and praise and give you all the glory. In Jesus Christ's holy name, amen and amen. Give my hand. Stay right here. Stay right here. Let me just say this. say this about God. Weeping is good. God loves it. We've gotten away from weeping. We're too busy, prideful. I got it all together. And the devil is destroying folks. Killing kids, getting killed in school like never before in this country. Sin is running wild. It's time for the church and the people in the church to respond to God. God is not dead. This society is dead. God is alive and well. And he's moving. He just proved it this morning. He's moving. That's God himself saying to his people, I love you. You're not a mistake. We just make a bunch of mistakes. Amen? Could you stand for the rest of the congregation? Let me pray for you. Let me extend my hand to you. Father, we just thank you for everyone that's here today. We thank you for their life. Father, we pray that you have moved on their hearts today. May they be acceptable in thy sight. May they see that your will is greater than their will. May they not walk out of here today and be the same. May they know that you are still in the business of rescue, redeem, and restore. Because that's what you do, Lord. You rescue us. You redeem us, and you restore us. Bless them throughout this day. May they experience your love like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.